from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, President Biden is addressing the nation as we speak, and he is expected to announce COVID vaccine mandates for all federal workers and contractors with no opt-out provisions. News reports earlier today suggested he was also going to force private sector employers to do the same. Department of Labor or anybody else compel major employers, the large employers, to force the vaccine mandates on their employees. Yes. Stay tuned. More to come this afternoon. That was White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki earlier today. Some say the president is choosing to bring greater attention to the COVID crisis on the eve of 9-11 to shift the focus away from the Afghan debacle. We'll talk about the reported mandate and new information on the research that was conducted at the Wuhan lab and who paid for it with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Also, what are doctors saying about the efficacy and ethics of mandating a vaccine for all Americans? We'll talk with Dr. Jane Orient, Executive Director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And just a couple of hours ago, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced... Today, after a careful assessment of the facts and the law, the Justice Department has filed a lawsuit against the state of Texas. Interesting. While the Biden administration is preparing to force Americans to be vaccinated against their will, reportedly for their own health and the health of others, the Biden Justice Department is taking legal action against the state of Texas to stop their heartbeat law, which protects the health and life of unborn children, along with their mothers. How is Texas preparing to fight back? We'll be joined by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Later, here on Washington Watch. And more documented evidence of the indoctrination taking place in America's classrooms. This time from the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor Robinson is here with a 250-page report detailing the indoctrination taking place in classrooms in the state of North Carolina. Now, part of that indoctrination is the Marxist ideology that is the same ideology behind Black Lives Matter. Mike Gonzalez, senior fellow at Heritage Foundation, has a new book out on the topic of BLM entitled The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. He'll join us later on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, let me encourage you once again, download the Stand Firm app. That way you will not miss a single episode of Washington Watch. And also, you will be alerted when you need to take action to protect your freedoms and your rights. Our republic was made only for participants, not spectators. All right, President Biden is speaking to the nation right now. Uh, and it is expected he is going to announce in his six-pronged plan to stop the spread of COVID uh, a mandate on all federal workers as, and contractors. Now, earlier today, there were reports coming out saying the Biden administration will require all companies with 100 or more employees to mandate vaccination or weekly testing. With the Biden administration pushing vaccine mandates so hard on all Americans, is it any wonder they're getting pushback from American citizens? With me now to talk about the Biden administration's crusade to stick it, that is the vaccine, to every American in the nation is U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee. Senator, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Good to join you. Thank you. 
Uh, Senator, I'm going to jump right into this. The president right now speaking, saying he's going to force all federal workers and contractors to be vaccinated. There should always be an exemption for medical or religious reasons. And, Tony, I tell people, talk to their physician. I know several people who their physician has said, you should not take the mandate. You need to just be very, very careful, stay away from groups, but you cannot take this vaccine. So, You need to talk to your physician about this. Now, there are others for religious reasons. And with our military, we have always had the exemption policy that should continue. And to think that you can force people to get a vaccine against their will, force them to divulge their health information against their will. Are we going to do away with the health privacy laws, HIPAA? Are we going to force people every time they want to go somewhere to show a vaccine uh, mandate card, a vaccine proof of vaccination? This is something that we need to look very carefully at because this should be something that you decide with your physician, not with the bureaucrat, not by the president of the United States or a federal agency. It should be a health care decision that you and your physician make. I agree 100 percent. And I've said this before on the program. I am not anti-vaccine. I am pro-choice that people should be able to make the choice as to whether or not they're going to get this vaccine. It's interesting how uh, we don't get choices in certain things. But here's the one of the things that really concerns a lot of Americans who are watching this that there is no accommodation for natural immunity. Those who have had this, that's not being, that's not factoring into the government's equation in any form or fashion. It's one size fits all. And I, I think the more they push it, the more resistance they're going to find. Absolutely, because they're trying to do one size fits all, whether it is getting a vaccine, whether it is your child's education in the classroom, whether it is so many other components that are related to the federal government. They want one size fits all for all forms of health care. They want one size fits all for the way they're going to deal with the states, with local governments. Uh, This is just their way. It's easier to institutionalize, to only have one opinion. But you know what? We call that communism. When you don't allow diversity of thought and you don't allow diversity of opinion or robust, respectful political debate, What you end up with is an authoritarian or totalitarian type state. That is not what, what is the United States of America. We are a nation of freedom, free people, freedom of choice, but we do not mandate these one size fits all. And I love what you said about the way Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice is going after the state of Texas for their heartbeat bill. Now, you know, they don't want to protect mothers and children and that right to life for unborn children. And then they're turning around and they're saying, well, we're going to mandate this vaccine. You know, are they looking to... 
they're just on all different sides of these issues. But it boils down to the fact that they have a socialistic agenda. And, Tony, it doesn't matter if it's a dealing with China or Iran or emboldening the IRS to go after people. It is a socialistic agenda. They want power. They want control. And uh, Joe Biden has an America last uh, power and control for the elites first agenda. That's the only way you can make sense of this is that it is a socialistic agenda. Because, as you said, the the contrast, the conflict between the approach to Texas that, uh, you know, you got to give woman a woman a choice to have an abortion to end the life of an unborn child. But you can't give an American a choice whether or not to get a vaccine. Uh, It's inconsistent. Um, The other issue that frustrates a lot of Americans and raises red flags is that we're moving the goalposts now. I understand we're learning more about this virus as we go along, but they're not factoring that into their mandates. Because, look, it was get the vaccine, everything's going to be normal again, uh, no mask, all this. But, but they're finding the breakthroughs with those who have had the vaccine are getting the Delta variant, uh, while at the same time those who have natural immunity have greater resistance to the Delta variant. But they're not talking about that. So there's, they oh, are no. not building yeah. trust. They are not following the science. We saw this in the papers that The Intercept revealed on Dr. Fauci this week. He knew what he was doing with gain-of-function research and knew full well that it was very likely that COVID-19 came from that lab. So did the Chinese Communist Party. But instead of leveling with the American people, Dr. Fauci leveled with the Chinese Communist Party. So you have that little bucket of issues that causes a lot of doubt for people. And then you have the inconsistencies, just as you were saying, get vaccinated, you can go back to your life. But oh, no, 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 no. They need to run this pandemic out so they can get to through. They're going to need to have those mail-out ballots, whether you want it or not, whether you request it or not. They need to be able to lie, cheat, and steal so that they can win. They feel like it worked for them in 2020, so they want to go at it again. But thank goodness we have some states that have stepped up. They have made changes and corrections to their voting laws, and we are working hard to make certain that we do not let H.R. 1 or any of these voting bills pass that would federalize elections. Senator Blackburn, uh, no question that uh, COVID is an issue. It's an issue with a lot of Americans, and we've got a lot of sick people, and and it's something we have to deal with, something we have to live with, quite frankly, just as we do the flu and everything else. That's right. COVID is not going to go away. COVID is going to be with us. The flu is with us. The common cold is with us. There are diseases that are with us. Now, it is a way, the question is, how do we learn to live with this? How do we accept personal responsibility to protect ourselves? and our families and to make certain that we stay healthy. But just as there are some people who cannot take a COVID vaccine, I have those that work on my team that can't take a flu shot. And they know this. Their physician does not give them a flu shot every year because they can't take it. 
This is why people need to talk with their doctor. I'm vaccinated. I am pro-vaccine. My family is vaccinated. We have some that have natural immunity. We need to learn how long that natural immunity lasts. What kind of memory do those T cells that right. that in, in MNRA, what do you have there? We're going to learn more about that. But let's not force people out of the mainstream of society and their right. ability to do their job, live their life, simply because they cannot take a vaccine. Uh, Senator, we're just about out of time, 30 seconds. But some were saying the president on the eve of 9-11 Focusing on this to shift the nation's attention away from the debacle in Afghanistan. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. I think his conduct has been horrible. He has been disinterested. He has been callous. He's been hard-hearted toward the American citizens that are left in Afghanistan, toward our men and women in uniform. Uh, I think that his conduct to these families, the 13 families that lost loved ones over there, that basically, you know, it's murder, uh, the way that they they were killed by ISIS-K. I, I have to tell you, I've been very disappointed. This is a guy that was elected in large part because he was to be empathetic. And the lack right. of empathy that he has shown has just been quite disheartening. Senator Marsha Blackburn, always great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for joining Thank us today. You. Thank you. All right, folks, stick with us. On the other side of the break, we're going to get a physician's perspective on mandating vaccines. Is that an effective way to go about this? We're going to talk about it next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. More to come. When it comes to reading the Bible, sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start or to understand how to apply scripture to everyday life. There are also those passages that leave people scratching their heads, wondering what some things even mean and what they're supposed to make of it. We all know that scripture is divinely inspired and given by God, and it's useful to us as God uses it to prepare and equip us to do good work for his kingdom, to grow us and to bring us closer to him. God's Word is powerful, but it shouldn't intimidate you. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that helps you read the Bible daily so you can stay grounded in God's truth, navigate our culture from a biblical worldview, and grow closer to God. This plan will help you to practice the discipline of reading Scripture every day so you can be transformed by God's Word. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org slash Bible. God is the author of life and has created man in His image. Therefore, we must respect the inherent dignity of every human life from conception until natural death. That is why Family Research Council works to pass legislation that highlights this principle, including laws that protect the unborn. To keep you informed on this issue, FRC has created online maps that illustrate progress in each state on key pro-life laws. That way, you can know if your state legislators are working to protect unborn babies. The pro-life laws FRC tracks at the state level include those addressing late-term abortions, fetal dignity, defunding abortion businesses, and providing medical care for babies born alive after an attempted abortion. See where 
your state stands on pro-life abortion, check out our pro-life maps at frc.org slash pro-life maps. Most Americans believe they have a biblical worldview, but current research shows that only 6% actually have one. This means that most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. Increasingly, we see the disastrous effects of a culture that has rebelled against the truth of God's Word. That is why Family Research Council has launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. This center is an exciting new ministry created to help Christians develop and live by a biblical worldview, to understand why scriptures must be authoritative, and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. The experts at FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview provide research and resources to help prepare believers to give a biblical answer to our culture's most pressing questions. Access the center's free resources at frc.org slash worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Uh, As we speak, President Joe Biden is speaking to the nation, and some people are listening, I think, uh, to see what he is saying a six-pronged approach to take on the uh, COVID crisis. Uh, He just, I was listening to him uh, during the break there. He's uh, saying all Head Start workers will be vaccinated to protect the young and most vulnerable. Um, That doesn't include those in the womb, though, I'm sure, after their, uh, as we see, we'll be talking about uh, with the Attorney General of Texas here in just a few moments. Also saying he's going to take on the governors who are uh, protecting people from having to be vaccinated and wear masks in schools. Uh, the president saying that the schools will follow the science. Of course, that doesn't include biology uh, when we're talking about gender. Uh, anyway, uh, the president uh, is uh, going to require all government employees and contractors to be vaccinated. Also, as I mentioned earlier, reports out waiting for all the details that uh, companies with over 100 employer employees will also be forced to uh, to jab their employees with the vaccine um, or weekly testing. So um, is this helpful? Uh, is this something that the medical community thinks will actually increase the level of the vaccinated and reach help us reach that uh, point of uh, of uh, herd immunity that we used to hear so much about? Joining me now to talk about this, Dr. Jane Orient, she's the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Dr. Orient, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you. Okay, let me just ask you, I'm a very blunt. The president's up here talking about this right now. Is this following the science to put this out there when there's still questions around uh, this vaccine and its uh, efficacy uh, to, to force every American to be vaccinated? That's not following the science at all. It's following the dictatorial whims of whoever is is uh, talking to President Biden. I mean, if we were following the science, we would have open discussion. We would have all the evidence put out in front of people so that they can make a decision. We would stop trying to obstruct, forbid, ban, intimidate people from getting early treatment for COVID. We would be getting some of our facts straight, like in the the kids in Head Start are not the most vulnerable people. They are probably the least vulnerable. And if we, if we were talking about herd immunity, we would be talking about people 
getting the disease and recovering from it, probably half the people in the country already have. We don't really know how many have, but we're even we're even pretending that natural immunity doesn't exist. But there's no discussion people, about it. No, no, and yet there's plenty of evidence to show that people who have recovered from the illness have a robust immunity, at least as good as from the vaccines. And isn't it interesting that the more vaccines we have, the more people are getting infected? The Delta right. variants and other variants are just going wild. Well, we're, we're having to increase with boosters and uh, additional shots. Uh, there's like no end to it. Uh, look, and I'll, I'll be very candid. I'm not anti-vaccine. Um, I think it's between an individual and the advice of their health care provider. Uh, my parents, they received a vaccine. I encouraged them because they were in high-risk categories. I did not because I have natural immunity. I, had, I was tested for the antibodies after I had it. But there's no accommodation at all in any of discussion about, as you mentioned, the natural immunity, which uh, I think is, is an important uh, part of the equation of getting us to where we need to be as a society. Well, I think what the government has been is anti-early treatment. They are against long-approved, known, safe, very affordable drugs. They have been, they have been trying to prevent that from the very beginning. They are anti-effective early treatment and in favor Dr. of Orient, untested vaccines. It, Dr. Orient, is that big pharma that's influencing that? Because, as you said, those are those are very cost-effective treatments. Well, it sure looks like it doesn't, and there are certainly pervasive conflicts of interest and a revolving door. The regulators that are supposed to protect us are really have a lot of patents and a lot of financial profits of interest, and they often get very high positions with big pharma once they uh, once they leave their government regulatory position. Regulatory capture is what we have in, we certainly have in medicine, uh, at least as much as anything else. As a physician, Dr. Orient, let me ask you this question, um, your experience in this. If, if we're mandating this vaccine, is that actually going to help convince people to get vaccinated, or is this going to build a greater resistance toward this vaccine, considering all the political drama that surrounds it? I think resistance is building as well as, as it should in some occupations of people who really ought to know a lot about this, you know, the healthcare workers, as many as half of them don't want to have the vaccine. And they do not trust these our supposed scientific authorities because they, they're not even getting the the whole story about the the side effects of the vaccine. It appears to be the most lethal vaccine in history as far as people who are who were formerly healthy dying within a forty eight hours or maybe two weeks of getting the vaccine. We're not doing autopsies. The CDC is saying, well, we can't prove that it was caused by the vaccine. But on the other hand, we don't know what it was. And why would we be trying to force people to take something that, that may well do them more harm than good? So a final question, Dr. Orient. Uh, this is not, as you talked about at the very beginning, not about the science. This is about politics. This isn't about science at all, is it? No, it's about, it's about politics, and it's even about global politics, I think, trying to bring about this great reset 
that when we shut down the American economy, then the Americans are very vulnerable and frightened and, and demoralized. I think it's, it's really an anti-American, anti-health campaign. It, it certainly breaks with the way we have uh, approached these uh, situations in the past. Dr. Orient, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, great to talk to you today. Thank you. Dr. Jane Orient, Executive Director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. All right, uh, when we come back, talking about classrooms, let's talk about the uh, indoctrination that takes place in America's classrooms. We're going to be joined by the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina uh, next, uh, Lieutenant Governor Robinson. He has uh, over a 250-page report on what is happening in the classroom to document the indoctrination. He joins us next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Are you looking for a go-to platform where you can get relevant commentary on the cultural issues of the day from a biblical perspective? Today, it can be hard to find this in light of media censorship of conservative and Christian voices. Here at Family Research Council, we believe that every American has a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. And we think it's important for you to have access to these stories. To get the facts and stories the left doesn't want you reading, head over to frc.org blog to check out our newest blog posts. We cover the issues you care about, all written by our experts in policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview. Our experts unpack the topics that other media platforms won't, like current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the increasingly radical shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, family, and freedom, go to frc.org blog. We're seeing more and more cases of censorship and the canceling of many conservatives and Christians by big tech companies. To combat this, Family Research Council has chosen to be proactive before big tech tries to censor or cancel us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom, even if big tech tries to silence us. It's easy. You just sign up for the text alerts by texting STAND to 67742, and you'll get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and FRC will keep you looped in on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll get information on our upcoming events and programs. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for faith, family, and freedom, and keep you connected with the like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Welcome back to Washington Watch. The president has uh, concluded his speech to the nation on his vaccine mandate. We'll uh, be breaking that down uh, this evening, and uh, we'll be talking about it with you tomorrow. But um, speaking of the classrooms, which is one of the places the mandate will reach, there is indoctrination in public schools, and it's happening whether you're aware of it or not. And if you think we might be making a mountain out of a molehill, you may want to check out a recently published report on indoctrination in public education that highlights examples from parents and teachers who believe that their school is active in the indoctrination of students and the faculty. 
With me now to talk about this report is the man who spearheaded it, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to have you. Uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, Governor, let me ask you this question. What prompted you to uh, spearhead this report? Uh, the people. People calling the office after we got in office, even before we got in office. While we were on the campaign trail, one of the top uh, issues that we heard about was this particular issue. From parents, teachers, and students uh, uh, reaching out to us, asking us if, if asking us if there was anything we could do about it, uh, I actually experienced this when I was at the, uni- at the university level, and my children experienced it at the high school level uh, many years ago. So we've always known this go- has been going on, but it seems like here in the last few years, these efforts have really ramped up, and so that's what uh, that- that's what caused us uh, called us into action was uh, the people. Now, this uh, report, over 250 pages, uh, you received and processed over 500 submissions from every region of North Carolina. And you you identified six overarching themes. What what were those? What what was most prominent in the information that you obtained? Well, I don't have it right here in front of me, and I can't remember them. You know, I I really can't uh, remember them just from memory. But I think one of the most disturbing ones is the fact that these teachers – and, and parents and students felt intimidated, like they mm-hmm. could not talk about these issues because they really felt threatened. Uh, students felt threatened that they may receive bad grades or be treated unfairly. Parents uh, felt paralyzed because they felt that they spoke up that their children would receive that treatment. And teachers, uh, some of them were literally in fear of their job that they spoke up against, uh, about this issue. So I think out of all of the issues, I think that one particular one is the most damaging uh, to our education system because it's so un-American for people to not be able to speak up and voice their opinions and their concerns. Yeah, I read through the report, and that was one that that was very prominent in the submissions. Uh, And and, and you're right. Uh, That is uh, antithetical to what it means to be an American, to be able to have the freedom of speech that these parents were afraid, students were afraid, faculty uh, were afraid. Some of the other issues that raised that uh, rose to the top: the sexualization, uh, yep. sexualization of kids, the critical race theory, white shaming, biased yep. news media, uh, and yep. and then the, the shaming of certain political beliefs. I mean, again, all Absolutely. of that is appears to be anti-American to me. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that really. Uh, it really bothers me about this issue is the fact that so many folks will tout schools as a, quote, safe space for everybody. And as it turns out, many times schools uh, all the way from the university level all the way down to the elementary level are not safe spaces for everyone. Uh, some people who think contrary to some of their teachers or some of their administrators are, are, actually, being, uh, are actually being bullied and not being allowed to speak their mind not being allowed to speak their piece and, and being made in many cases uh, to go along uh, with other people's opinions. Lieutenant Governor Robinson, was there anything in this report that surprised you? Uh, no, for me, absolutely not. Uh, nothing surprised me because, as I said, you know, this is not an issue. There was a senator out of Wake County. As a matter of fact, Wake County, Wake County is the county, I believe, where we had the most complaints 
but there was a senator out of Wake County, uh, out of Wake County, who said that this was a Fox News-driven issue, and uh, that really set me off because I had stood in a room with teachers uh, who were literally in tears because they felt like they were trapped in a corner. It was either give up their profession, speak up, and give and, and be forced to give up their profession, or go along with things that they uh, were patently they patently disagreed with. And uh, I've stood and talked to those folks. I've talked to them face-to-face and heard these complaints. And for him to characterize it as that uh, was very upsetting to me. But there was nothing in the report that really uh, that really shocked me. Uh, 30 seconds, uh, Lieutenant Governor. But do you think the same would be found in other states if others looked into what was happening in the classrooms? I absolutely believe that it would. And I think even more of it would come out if, uh, I, if more – uh, folks would step up and, and have the courage to step up and complain. I think what we're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg. All right. Uh, well, thank you for spearheading this, and uh, thanks for coming on and sharing it with us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. And, folks, by the way, uh, if, you, if you've experienced this, let us know. You know, email me, Tony at TonyPerkins.com. Um, We'd like to bring greater attention to this as we're focusing more and more on uh, what's happening in our public school classrooms. If you get wind of something like this, we want to bring a spotlight to it. All right, when we come back, uh, earlier today, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, said they filed a suit. The federal government has filed a suit against the state of Texas because of their heartbeat bill. We're going to be joined by the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, next to tell us how Texas is going to fight back. And you know what? I think they will fight back. He's going to be here next to tell us how. Don't go away. More Washington Watch to come. What is religious freedom and why should you care about it? both domestically and internationally. By definition, religious freedom is the freedom to hold religious beliefs of one's choice and to live according to those beliefs. At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a harrowing reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to mount in many regions of the world. God calls Christians to care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To learn more about this issue and what you can do to help, go to frc.org slash IRF to check out Family Research Council's latest resources on international religious freedom. Christians are called to seek after the Lord above all things. This means we must pray unceasingly, vote our biblical values, and boldly stand for truth. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission every Wednesday as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ to focus their attention on the Lord in every aspect of their lives. Pray, Vote, Stand will help equip you to stand for biblical truth in the midst of a confusing time in our culture. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. 
This year, let's commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. To watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts, visit PrayVoteStand.org. That's PrayVoteStand.org. Want honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world? Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday by tuning into Washington Watch. You can listen to the show whenever it works for you. Go to TonyPerkins.com to stream episodes on demand or listen by radio through American Family and Radio Network, Bot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, or independent Christian radio stations across the country. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Mike Pompeo, Senator Marshall Blackburn, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Sissy Graham Lynch, and more. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day by tuning into Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Again, that's TonyPerkins.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. Just a few hours ago, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the Department of Justice had filed a lawsuit against Texas for the state's pro-life Senate Bill 8, also known as the Heartbeat Bill. The federal lawsuit comes after a chorus of outrage from the abortion crowd after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to do their bidding and stop the Texas law while the lawsuits against it make their way through the courts. The law is in effect Let me underscore that. It is in effect, and that means for the first time in 48 years, Texas will remain essentially abortion-free. This has led to abortion appointments being canceled and many lives saved. That has the left up in arms. Joining me now to discuss this showdown that is taking place between the Biden administration and Texas is the Attorney General of the state of Texas, Ken Paxton. Attorney General Paxton, welcome back to the program. Well, thanks for having me on. Obviously, a pretty important issue for our day. Uh, extremely important, as Texas has been leading out on this issue. Uh, have you had a chance to review uh, the suit filed by the federal government? Not completely, uh, but the part that I have talked to my, my Solicitor General and others in my office about that's somewhat shocking is it appears they sued the wrong party. We don't enforce this law. So what they really need to do, as was suggested by the Supreme Court, is wait for these individual actions to be filed. If they've got a problem, they can they can address them then. But we're not the party that enforces any of this. And I don't understand how they can actually enjoin individuals, which they've sued, apparently sued the entire state, everybody in the state. I don't see how they can enjoin an individual from bringing their own lawsuit. That's like shutting the courts down. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll be in... Uh, I think Travis County, which may not be the easiest venue to win in, but that'll all move its way up as time goes on. I mean, the left obviously uh, going crazy over this because, as we talked about last time you were on, this was very cleverly crafted. Uh, I commend those who did it because it is, uh, it, it, it's very clever uh, in the way it has approached this issue from a new perspective. And it is hard for the left to bat it down, and I, I'm pretty certain what they're afraid of is that other states are going to follow suit. Yeah, I think they're also afraid of allowing uh, these 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 lives to go on. They want to get this thing shut down as possible, as fast as possible. They, as, as excited as we are about 
allowing human life to go forward, the, the other side is very discouraged by that and wants to shut this down and allow abortions to occur uh, immediately and as fast as possible and as many as possible. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, General Paxson, because th- at the same time that the Biden Justice Department is suing to stop this and they're claiming that you are blocking a constitutional right that women have, at the same time, Nancy Pelosi is talking about trying to codify this into law because they acknowledge this doesn't exist except in the court's opinion. And so they're trying to somehow pass statutes. They're not going to get it through. Uh, They're not going to get it through the Senate, uh, probably through the House, but not the Senate. So, I mean, the inconsistency, does is this in our Constitution? Yeah, it is pretty inconsistent. If they really believe that, they don't need a statute to to, to add to it. It's already in the Constitution. So clearly they also know the precedent set made up by the Supreme Court that took away the state's ability to regulate abortion and deal with it in a consistent way, clearly they know, too, that, that the Supreme Court made up the law and they continue to change it and adjust it because it hasn't worked very well. And at the same time, if you look at the Biden administration, they're not following federal law as it relates to immigration and other issues. And yet they want, as they dismiss their own laws, they want to come and regulate laws in Texas Mississippi and Georgia on elections. It's just kind of odd. I've never seen the federal government so bent on controlling state law while they're ignoring their own federal laws. So, General Paxson, what's next? Uh, What will be the next step in this progression? Well, I think they'll, you know, we'll either be in court on, on, on the merits of this or, as I would expect, they'll probably file some injunction to try to stop it in Travis County, which would then the, the, the court would try to maybe potentially extend it to the, to the entire state. We would quickly appeal that and try to put the state law back into place like it should be and let the, the real issue come up when it comes up and, and be litigated on the merits of whether this law is um, you know, permitted by the Constitution. It's amazing. This administration appears to stop at nothing. Uh, to protect the uh, the abortion industry and uh, those on the left that advocate for uh, unrestrained abortion. Yeah, it's pretty radical to sue the state of Texas right now. It's pretty radical to say you're suing every single person in Texas. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen I've never seen the federal government so adamant in trying to shut down states uh, for operating, you know, as they should independently. And, and operating under their own laws. And, and this administration, if they don't like what you're doing, they are going to come and try to stop you. And it, you can see it with the Georgia election laws. You're going to see it with Mississippi abortion laws. You're going to see it with, with our laws. And if, they're, if they don't like your law, they're going to come tell you you can't have it, which I think is unconstitutional. Well, General Paxson, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, I know you're very busy uh, today in particular. I want to thank you for joining us, uh, but also thank you for uh, leading out among the state attorneys general in uh, in fighting many of these examples of overreach by the by the Biden administration. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, for all the work you're doing. Well, thank you. And we're for sure not going to quit. We know we're right and we know the Constitution matters and we're going to defend that. All right. And I know we'll be talking about that in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. Talk to you. Thank you. Texas Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton, again, uh, the inconsistency here. They, uh, they, they want to force everyone to get a, man, uh, a mandated vaccine for their health and the health of others. But here's Texas 
the public policymakers of Texas who have said, look, we, we believe it's in the best interest of Texas to protect vulnerable unborn children who have a heartbeat. And once a heartbeat is detected, abortion is no longer allowed in the state. Because we want to protect those vulnerable lives. And we want to protect their mothers. So that's what the policymakers of Texas want to do. But the Biden administration wants to say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, the inconsistency, again, it, it, but what, it is consistent. I, I correct myself. It is consistent, as uh, was said earlier with Senator Blackburn, if you have a socialist Marxist agenda. Uh, and, and it is consistent. And speaking of that, speaking of Marxism, uh, my next guest um, is uh, is out with a, a new book that uh, goes into uh, this Marxist agenda that is behind the uh, the Black Lives Matter. And I mean, we've seen this unfolding across uh, the the country. In fact, uh, let me bring in my next guest, Mike Gonzalez, the senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. A new book out today. Uh, earlier this week, Black Lives Matter, the making of a new Marxist revolution. He's been on the program before. Uh, and Mike, welcome back uh, to the program. So good to have you. Hey, Tony. Great seeing you. Yeah, the book came out two days ago. Let's talk about this, um, this Marxist agenda that has found its way into every aspect of American society. It's in the classrooms we were talking about earlier with the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Um What's driving this? Well, it's uh, being driven, as I write in my book, uh, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution, is, was driven by Black Lives Matter by the year that we had in 2020, uh, where seemingly all our institutions gave up and surrendered and said, yes, you know, we're going to invite Marxism into our classrooms and our workplaces, our corporations, our houses of worship. Uh, and, and it happened because a, a group of Marxists, a self-proclaimed Marxists, this is not me saying them, they call themselves Marxists, they they manipulated the feelings of Americans. We had, we saw there was a harrowing nine-minute video of the awful death of George Floyd, and uh, they were able then tra- to translate that into the narrative that America is systemically racist, and uh, not just the criminal justice system, but all of America is systemically racist, and thus the entire system must be changed, uh, and all the structural institutions, because, of course, we're also institutionally and structurally racist. Uh, they, you know, and they, they, they are, they're trained, uh, Alicia Garza, Patrice Coulouris, and Opal Tomei, but especially the first two have been, were, were recruited into Marxism and were trained into Marxism. And I explain all that in my book. Two questions for you, as you laid out exactly what uh, occurred when we saw what happened in, in, in Minnesota. And then we, we saw uh, you know, thousands of demonstrations, over 600 riots that took place uh, in, in the country. Very little pushback initially. Uh, why was that? Why were, were people afraid to push back on this? And then the second aspect, it does appear now that people know what's going on. They are pushing back. Is that true? Yes. Uh, two things. Uh, the, the no pushback 
by the media and the political class continues to today. And there's a good reason for that. Uh, there are many reasons, but I'll give you the, the, the top the top ones. A Black Lives Matter is a wonderful concept. I subscribe to the concept. I don't even say all lives matter. Obviously, all lives do matter. But I, I, I think it's important to say all lives matter because African-Americans have gone through periods of history that have been harrowing, experiences that none of us have gone through. Uh, so so they, they, this, that is a wonderful concept. Uh, and, and it convinced many people that combined with the, the video of, of George Floyd's uh, death, agonizing death. Uh, and then the media, which should have known better, because they know all, all the stuff that I have in my book is it's, it's open, freely available, openly available. I quote them principally. I quote leftist sources principally. Um, but they decided not to not to report on it. They, they never the media never re, uh, covered Black Lives Matter. They covered for them the politicians as well. Both parties. Are, are very afraid to talk about Black Lives Matter because because that is on that is the title, Black Lives Matter, uh, and they they're much happier with talking about Antifa. You you hear conservative Republicans politicians denouncing Antifa. Antifa is a really easy target, but Antifa is violent, sure, but it's just a it, it pales in comparison to the power that Black Lives Matter has. Black Lives Matter has a curriculum being taught across the country. Uh, Black Lives Matter has bills in Congress, but I, I don't want to digress. You said that there is now a recognition. Yeah, it's it's now at the level of the American people. The American people, the grassroots, has seen the critical race theory that's being taught to their children and, and the critical race theory training programs that are being in, implemented in their corporations. And they're saying, no, absolutely not. This is... We don't support this, and we're gonna we're going to oppose this. And they're very vocally going to 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 boards of education meetings, and they're very vocally telling HR to go shove it, or getting uh, or getting uh, legal foundations to sue, or they're at least going to whistleblowers. So that is that is the, the phenomenon that I see a, a a media that has become complicit, a political class that that refuses. Uh, to has has lacked the courage to do what's right, right, and an American people that, as you know very well, are exceptionally attached to liberty. Mike, is it possible that uh, some in the media and in the political class <laughs> aren't saying things because BLM actually is serving their purposes of advancing this leftist agenda? Well, obviously, if you're a far leftist member of Congress, if you're Cory Bush or Ayanna Presley or AOC or, or uh, you know, um, uh, you know. I would you know, say even uh, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> um, you know, I, I the, the reason I hesitate to get uh, overly political uh, is that, um, you know, I don't do I don't do party politics. But I also must go back to emphasizing I'm really disappointed with conservative politicians. I'm a conservative, as you know. So are you. And I'd like to see a more robust uh, exposure of this, a more robust opposition. The countries on the line, um, you know, what they want, and I'm quoting Alicia Garza, one of the main leaders and founders of Black Lives Matter, is, I'm quoting her, is to dismantle the organizing principle of society, to dismantle the way we're organized, 
That is everything, Frank. People right. who are watching this at home in their living rooms, if you want to have everything dismantled, you know, your son's little league team and, 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 and the way you go about everything, the American way of life, then go ahead. Don't do anything. But if you're, if you're troubled by that, then, you, then you're scandalized. Well, you should right. be. And then specifically targets the family, the family yeah. structure, as Number well one. as organized uh, religion. Uh, right. That is in there as well. Uh, Mike, we're going to run out of time. I want you to be able to tell people where they can get a copy of the book. It's, yeah, Amazon, it's, it's selling well. It's, it's in the top 10 in several important categories. There you have it, BLM, the making of a new Marxist revolution. Or get it from Heritage or get it from your, uh, from, from your uh, uh, bookstore. Uh, but Amazon will get it to you. I know that not, some people don't like Amazon, but BLM, the I making think, uh, of a new Marxist revolution. Earlier today on Amazon, I think it was number one. Uh, so uh, it's doing quite well. It's informing people, and I appreciate you coming on today to talk about it. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate what you do. Thanks for what you do. Uh, you're you're welcome. Thank you, Mike. Gonzalez, Senior Fellow, Heritage Foundation, new book out, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. You can find out more, as I said, go to Amazon or any bookstore. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, joining us again tomorrow. But until then, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, you stand. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.